This is a reflection for the readings on Wednesday of the ninth week of Ordinary Time. The Gospel, Mark chapter 12, verses 18 to 27. In yesterday's Gospel, the Pharisees tried to trap Jesus in a contrived question about taxes. The answer he gave utterly amazed them. Today, it's the Sadducees' turn to be amazed. They ask an even more contrived question about marriage in heaven and how the very idea negates any possibility of resurrection, thereby proving Jesus to be a false teacher. Jesus points out their error on two grounds. First, they do not know the scriptures. And second, they do not know the power of God. With respect to the scriptures, Jesus refers them to the very text they hold to be inspired, that is, the Pentateuch, specifically the burning bush theophany of Exodus chapter 3, where God reveals to Moses his name, I am who I am, and his present relationship with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, even though they had died centuries earlier. Yahweh says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not I was the God. The patriarchs were brought into an eternal covenant of love by God who keeps his promises. So in the book of Wisdom, chapter 3, we hear these verses, quote, The souls of the just are in the hand of God, and no torment shall touch them. They seemed in the view of the foolish to be dead, and their passing away as thought and affliction, and their going forth from us utter destruction, but they are in peace, end of quote. Alas, the Sadducees did not consider any text outside the Pentateuch to be inspired, but equally sad, as Jesus points out, they do not even know the truth of those few books. So in today's Gospel, the Sadducees concoct a scenario of one woman whose husband dies, leaving her childless, and thereafter, according to Leverite law, each of the surviving brothers of the deceased husband in turn marry the widow to provide children who each in turn die childless along with the woman. Now in the resurrection, whose wife will she be, they ask? This brings Jesus to their second mistake. They do not know the power of God. The Sadducees believe that resurrection means essentially a resuscitation, where a dead person is made alive again, but only in the same mortal condition of any other human, and thus subject once again to suffering and death. In other words, something similar to the raising of Lazarus. They fail to perceive that Jesus has the power to give the person a new and transformed existence, body and soul, so that they live in a dynamic relationship with God forever. This is why marriage in heaven is unnecessary. Human marriage on earth will have served its purpose of generating children and bonding the spouses in mutual love. There is no requirement to replenish the human race in heaven because death has been conquered and spousal love will not only be fulfilled but infinitely surpassed in the bliss of the beatific vision of the Blessed Trinity and the ecstatic union with all the saints. So the small world of the Sadducees has been exploded by a vision that they do not comprehend. Just as they limited the scriptures to only five books, they have limited God's power to temporal realities. How does this apply to us today? St. Paul puts it best in his advice to Timothy, quote, Fan into flame the gift of God within you, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, 
but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline, end of quote. In other words, the resurrected life Jesus speaks about is not just a future reality, something we have to wait for after our earthly existence has expired. Rather, it begins now, at least partially, through God's Spirit living within us. The desire to discover, develop, and make use of our gifts and charisms should be like a fire blazing within as we make progress in the life of the Spirit. We have all received spiritual gifts through our baptism and confirmation, and they empower us to live a resurrected life now and share it with others. One constant challenge is to be diligent in increasing the use of these gifts, to make them even more fruitful, not to slacken the pace of our transformation. Only then will we be unashamed to testify about our Lord. Only then will we have an answer for the hope and resurrected life that is within us. Only then will we be willing to suffer for the gospel. Which brings us to the saints and especially the martyrs. This week, the church celebrates a number of different saints who cooperated with the Spirit within them to live extraordinary lives. Their witness and mission speaks eloquently of God's resurrected power beginning the new and transformed existence Jesus spoke about to the Sadducees. St. Marcellinus and Peter lived in Rome during the time of the Emperor Diocletian. Peter is said to have been an exorcist who ministered under Marcellinus, a priest. Legend has it that while in prison they converted their jailer and his family. Already tasting the eternal life Jesus promised, they willingly suffered martyrdom in 304 AD, knowing that a glorified future awaited. Accounts exist of miracles which resulted when their remains were moved to a German monastery in the year 827. St. Boniface was a rather remarkable man who put into practice Paul's advice to Timothy. Born in the year 680 in England, he was a renowned teacher and preacher who had a very secure position but gave it all up because he had discerned the spirit calling him to the mission field, specifically to convert pagans in Germany, very superstitious people who worshipped many gods and who had never heard the gospel. Boniface went alone at first, slowly gathering around him other teachers, and together they had remarkable success. Throughout his missionary years, Boniface continually fanned into flame the gift of God and was very bold, particularly in trying to root out various pagan superstitions which had hindered further conversions. One time he publicly announced to the pagans that he would, on a particular date, confront and challenge their chief object of worship, which was a large oak tree that stood on the summit of a mountain where they had worshipped their gods. So while large crowds gathered, he took an axe and promptly chopped down the tree, and then dared their gods to retaliate. When nothing happened, the shocked pagans realized their gods were powerless and converted. And there were many other stories like this. It seems the older he became, the more zealous was his missionary efforts. It was his enthusiasm that continually fired up others to join him. He was a tireless reformer, especially establishing many monasteries and churches, and finally died at the age of 73 as a martyr of the faith, being put to death because he was confirming a number of new converts. 
St. Charles Lawanga and his companions were so heroic in their life and death that not only was the faith not stamped out with their martyrdom, but today there are nearly 600 million Christians in Africa. The lesson for us in all of this, no matter how old we are, it is an opportune time to rekindle, to fan into flame the gift of God within us, to be bold, be not afraid, because God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or even imagine according to his power at work within us. Let us pray. O God, who have made the blood of martyrs the seed of Christians, mercifully grant that the field which is your church may be fertile and always yield you an abundant harvest. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.